Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with Jake Cly today. Hello. Yeah, uh, we are going to be talking about... Um, this one's actually, we're going old school. We're bringing it back. We're going to do Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, while we're doing it, we're going to be drinking um, some coffee. Uh, I'm actually in Ohio with this one, so I'm not close enough to get some good mochas. But um, I did bring some coffee beans from my favorite shop in Nashville and made some good uh, pour overs from it. Uh, just, I, I take mine black. How do you prefer uh, a little bit of little bit of sweetness in mine. I don't yeah. I don't prefer prefer the straight black. It's good. You get all the flavor that way. That's fair. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, so we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um. Like I said, it's kind of we're going old school. It came out in May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Um, which is a long time ago. I was one. I was. Negative nine. Negative nine. Yeah. 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 I think so. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed it, just like he did the other two. Correct. Yes. Yeah. This is a makeup for uh, the Temple of Doom. One. The yeah. second oh, one. Yeah. Man. That one's tough to get there sometimes. Yes. Uh, and the great Harrison Ford and Sean Connery were the great stars in it. Actually, I think you had that backwards. I think it's the great Sean Connery. And I said Harrison great for Ford. both. Oh, that's true, but I think order great. matters with that. I mean, yes and no. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. I'm going to put his name first. All right. That, uh, he is the title character. I suppose that makes sense. Right. So, you know. give. I will admit, Sean Con- no, no one can beat Sean Connery. Yep. That's but a fact. he's not the title. Yeah. I mean, Sean Connery being in the movie is a big reason why I watched it when I did. Um my dad showed me the Bond movies, um, and obviously Connery is James Bond. Oh, so great! Um, yeah, and they're and it's great. And and then, you know, for me, it was uh, Star Wars, uh, the re-release when that came out in mm-hmm. theaters, and being able to watch that, and then watching, you know, obviously watching Harrison Ford do uh, Han Solo. So putting faces together in yeah, putting, separate movies are always yep fun. it's always fun and then i think he sold it to me is like this is james bond and han solo i was like yeah okay i'll watch this <laughs> i'll watch this and i'll watch it again and again and again and again i don't i don't remember what got me into indiana jones i think i was just watching the first one with my dad one time and i really liked it and so then i would just watch all all of them right uh the, yeah the first one it doesn't it it it's good. I enjoy it, and I will watch it. It's a great introduction to the character. Yeah, no, no, that's definitely true. And I know in the fourth one, they call back to... Did we not talk about the fourth one? I don't. That's probably good. It's aliens. I know. I don't know why. It's like cowboys and aliens, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, cowboys, cowboys and aliens make sense, though. I know. It does. I've only watched it once. I've watched it a couple times because I'm... a going to james bond i'm a huge fan of daniel craig as well yep yeah he's good and he's great in it um it's very good in the force awakens also daniel craig yeah he's a stormtrooper he's a stormtrooper that ray uh mind tricks 
Yeah. So I have to. Yeah, look that you're up. You're making me. Well, you're making me admit things that I never wanted to admit. Like I, I haven't seen it. Which one? Force Awakens. Any of them. Any of them. No. Okay. Well, so, this is a wrap, and uh, we're gonna go watch Star Wars. Just, and I've tried. Like in all honesty, I've tried. I really have tried. They, I feel so bad for saying it. They just don't hold my attention. Really? Yeah. Well, I can see that with. Especially the prequels, although we are getting off off topic from uh, okay. Last Crusade here. But, yeah, the prequels are kind of rough. Yeah. But um, A New Hope is, or as some people, traditionalists uh, call it just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Um, it's just a different different movie experience. Yeah. yeah you, so the ones that I really want to watch is The Mandalorian, but that's just because it's Jon Favreau's oh, baby. Oh, I know. It's really good. It's no reason other than the fact that Jon Favreau's the one who did all of it basically it's his baby and his child and i'm such a fan of him that i'm like i want to watch this tv show yeah it was it's pretty good i my brother-in-law has started the docuseries and it's it's on my list of things Mm -hmm. to watch i'm gonna watch them during like a lunch break because they're like 30 or 30 sort of minutes long and and just watch those and get that behind the scenes because you know that's some good stuff right there so behind the scenes for anything is great Always. I love watching behind the scenes for things. But particularly when you love the story. Yes. Um, actually, you know, I, I, I listen to like all the Star Wars uh, director's uh, commentary and stuff mm-hmm. with the actor. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. But um, you were talking about Daniel Craig, Bond. Yes. Da- yeah. Sean Connery. Well, and going with John Favreau. John Favreau directed Cowboys and Aliens. Right. I remember and that. Daniel Craig was in it. Uh, yeah. So, but so coming back to the Last Crusade, yeah. still tying it with James Bond. So, if you notice, there's a lot of moments in this movie that are very James Bond esque. Oh yeah. Um, Donovan's office at the beginning, like so having the henchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, this is why you watch the movie. Uh, well. <laughs> um, when when Donovan's henchmen came to grab Indy from the university and bring him in like even that moment and then just the way Donovan was dressed the tuxedo the little flower hit the way his office is very bond just the white the contrast emptiness yeah it was all very James Bond Mm -hmm. um it's James Bond meeting the villain who at that time like you didn't know it was the villain. You don't know it is, but when you start, mm-hmm. when you look back at it and say, look at this guy, he looks like a villain. Uh, right. Uh, there are other moments, too, like um, getting a little ahead, but like the boat chase scene. Yeah. When they're on the that's very James Bond. Oh, Fight, fighting at the, at the end of it while, I mean, he even Stop has a Bond girl. Up. He even has a Bond girl. Yeah. You know, uh, and there's also four actors in this movie who have been in a James Bond movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know one. Obviously. You know two of them, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean Connery, of uh-huh. course. Um, Allison Duty. I think that's how I'm saying her last name, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. But she played Jenny Flex in A View to Kill. That's one of the ones I think I've only watched once. Yeah. Um, the other, and then Julian Glover, which is who played Donovan. Okay. I, I think that's who yeah. it is. He yeah. played. He's also in Star Wars. He played Chris Date. He played he played a character in For Your Eyes Only. Okay, okay. And then John Rise Davis. I don't remember who he is in this movie, but Mm. he played a character in The Living Daylights. Oh, okay. So all four of them have played 
James Bond characters. Tie-ins. Yeah. Um, the other reason is Steven Spielberg always wanted to direct a James Bond film, but never got the chance. Right. And so, especially, so he wanted, like, he used Indiana Jones, even the first two, as kind of, like, um, his way to make, like, his own version of James Bond. Right. And then, especially with Sean Connery in this one, he, like, made up, like, this little in- running joke in- inside for him alone that it's like, okay, if I can't do Indi- if I can't do James Bond, I'm going to make Indiana Jones James Bond's kid. Yeah, no, I, I, I do recall seeing yeah. that. And it's it's just really interesting having Bond, Han Solo, and then Indiana Jones. And, you know, you compare everything mm-hmm. between them and you look at their, their differences and it's, you can see why uh, they're so popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like I was saying, this this movie being popular in, oh man, I bet you, I bet you, my mom has the picture somewhere, but I'm not gonna go find it. But in like fourth, maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, I dressed up like Indiana Jones. Really? Yep, I had the whole setup and I had a whip, and that was really the best part of the whole thing. Now this is, you know, this is uh, way back, so I could actually take that in, and then like we went when outside. You're allowed to take yeah, right. In. So we went outside and I, I got to demo it, you know, because, of course, the first thing I do when I get a whip after I've seen Indian Jones. You got I a whip crack. I tried to crack that, <laughs> try to see if I could do it. And sure enough, I, you know, that was fun. It was loud. I did not cut my chin. Good. Uh, it's very important uh, that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you I know the reason they did that is just to explain the scar that he got yeah. when he was like in a car crash when yep. he was in his 20s or something? Yep. I love that. They did something similar with uh, Mark Hamill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Empire Strikes Back with the uh, the Wampa when it claws his face. Uh, he was in a car accident, so that kind of explains some of the, the injury ac- there. Car accidents, man. Right. John Williams also composed this. Oh, I know. And uh, it sounded, there were, obviously the main theme sounded like Indiana Jones, but all like the rest of the music sounded just really similar to the rest of his works Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's um like it even like it even brought like i like i it made me think of like star wars and yeah like other things you got the trumpets in there you got the strings and all that and it made me wonder if it was more of like in that time era of music definitely if that's what it was or if it was like his own personal like signature I think there is a John Williams signature. If you start listening to his mm-hmm. music, you're gonna you're gonna hear um, any, a lot any of similar artist things. Does, I mean, Home Alone. Know. I think there's parts of Home Alone, and I th- I think he did Hook also. Did he? I don't know. We can check here in a moment. Um, I'm sure, but uh, but there's a, every now and then there's there's things in movies where it's like, man, that I, I I should know this or this is, sounds familiar, and you start looking at the movies that that uh, John Williams has done, and you're like, wow, this man has really influenced my life um john williams and his music it's it's so influential in everybody's life um you know that grew up with it if you if you went and saw those movies and then you listen to the soundtrack granted listening to the soundtrack uh, then was a little bit harder than it is now just you know, download it or anything that you have um but that movie that music influenced you because it's what you listen to before you know, you know, before you competed or on the bus or at home or in the car to, you know, after work, before work. Um, it's it's just really great. Um, 
it's great music. It's great theme music for for this type this type of movie. Something else that uh, that I like in this movie is that the sound designer um, is Ben Burt, and yeah, the stuff he did. Uh, he's he's the best, uh, without a doubt. He's the best. So you have, you know, for me later in life as I became more appreciative and, and understood things a little bit more. You know, this movie has George Lucas, has Ben Burt, has John Williams, has Harrison Ford. It's like, yeah, how 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 do I not like this movie? Mm-hmm. And he did do Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Hook. Hook. Hook was the one I was yeah, curious. I, I'm pretty sure. He also did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and yep, he did Hook. Okay, yep, yep. He's done, like, everything. Yeah. But, I mean... um, I I like kind of going back to like hearing him like I feel like every artist has a signature it just depends on how you hear it or like what their type of craft is is right you know an artist like uh, like a painter you know they're gonna physically put their name on it um with like composers and stuff like there's sometimes I watch a movie and I'm like did so-and-so compose this because you almost hear what you Mm -hmm. what sounds like a little like a lick or something that's like theirs right it's similar enough i mean it's mm-hmm. it's just their it's their it's their mark that they put on it and whether it's yeah. intentional or not it's you know it's people it's what mm-hmm. people do i think it also just like it sounds so different than soundtracks today because everything is so digit no words digitalized right or is it digitized electronic electronic well i mean ben burt is is famously known for recording uh, sounds for Star Wars in real places. So he'd get oh, the yeah. sound and then he'd go record the sound in a real place and then record it again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have that authenticity that, that people can just feel, people can just know. Well, like in this one, so for the scene where it's all the rats, he oh. like recorded chickens. Yeah, yeah. And did that. He um, took them high pitched. When the castle fire, he was recording like a styrofoam cup. And doing and fixing the audio with that, or um, when the planes crashed, he went to a demolition of a wind turbine. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's the one I want to know about. How does he hear about that? Like, how would you? He do has that to now? have connections. You just you just sign up for different things. I don't like, know. are you breaking this? I really think it's more of a who you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's that's what life is. It's all who you know, but especially in an industry like that. Um, speaking of the rats, did you know that 2,000 rats were bred specifically for production and they couldn't use other rats because they were riddled with diseases and it would have been a, uh, um, health issue, like a, like a health issue to the cast and crew. Oh. They had to breed specifically 2,000 rats. Wow. I wonder how long that took. Like, plus you'd have to have them ready. Yeah. For the scene. You know, I, you, know, you watch and movies then, like that, you and just don't they, know. Right. And then they also, I don't know all the specifics for it, but I guess like it was something in their insurance that they wrote a, uh, they got it talked, they got it like um, lawyers and everything were talking through like insurance. Underwriters. What? Underwriters. They write, they write the policy. They wrote well, the policy Well, they were going back it. and forth like. They had a question of like, it was like a deductible or something <laughs> for the rats. 
and the insurance company was like no that's not a thing and so like the movie had like lawyers going and talking to the insurance company and like all this and it became a thing where they wrote a a thousand rat deductible wow yeah into their insurance policy for the movie is that the beginning of the end of the world there you gotta write in rat deductible i mean this was in 89 well it came out in 89 so this was in like 87 and 88 started all the way back then yep um yeah i just kind of get over the whole like 2,000 rats were specifically bred. That's a lot of rats. That's a lot of rats. Someone got paid to breed 2,000 rats. Someone got paid to bring 2,000 rats. That too. Someone got paid to handle 2,000 rats to film. Wow. Also, with that scene in the movie, they're supposed to be in a river of petroleum, right? Right. He lights a torch and carries the torch over a river of petroleum that they're wading through. Indiana Jones. But it, but he is also a smart person. He's a doctor. And that doesn't seem smart, especially because at the not. end when they're at the casket, you can see stuff falling from the fire. And then the um. And then the scene ends, and he's fine. No. <laughs> Climbs out of the out of the tunnel. Yes and no. Um, even before that, when the um, guardsman set it on fire. Mm-hmm. He goes into the water and it all it suddenly turns from petroleum into water because he can open his eyes and look around for an exit. Right. And then they swim in, yeah, and they get up and then they're fine. Of course. So, I don't but see a problem I, with that. I wrote, I wrote a note with that one. I'm like, wouldn't it be dangerous to carry fire over a river of petroleum? Yes. 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 The answer is yes. <laughs> but... But he does it anyways. Yes. And that's why that's why we like the movie. Yeah. Um One bit of trivia that I, I recall, uh, I don't know when or who pointed out to me, but when Donovan's wife comes into the study to tell him he's neglecting his guests, mm-hmm. the Imperial March, Darth Vader's theme, Imperial I've March is playing in I the background. I heard that. I, heard, I saw that. I slowed it down. I've listened to it. It's hilarious. It's is it? Just, yeah, is it the it's, Imperial it's March? Yep. It's faint. I mean, do you, I don't, I'd recommend headphones mm-hmm. uh, to really hear that, but it's, it's great. It's there? Yeah, it's definitely there. But also, so speaking of, you know, them being in water and submerged in water, how did the rubbing he took survive petroleum slash water? When it was like on tissue paper. Um, I think the director said cut and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the magic of movie making. It's, you know, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, that's what it is. Logic. Logic that's doesn't logic. count. Logic doesn't work here. Yep. No, I mean, this, this movie is, is chock full of stuff that doesn't always make sense, but it doesn't have to because right. you're enjoying the film. You're enjoying what's being um, shown to you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Especially as I've gotten older, I really enjoy Connery's line when he scares the birds. He's like, I suddenly remembered something. And yes. He's like, yeah, I'm going to let the birds do it. It's like, really? This so is great. So s- speaking of the birds, did you know that they it's actually pigeons? Because pigeons are trainables and seagulls are not. And they put huh. cardboard, or maybe not cardboard, but they put oh. little like cutouts of seagulls on the ground. 
And so then when he takes his umbrella and is chasing them, all the birds that fly up are actually pigeons. Um, and then when they cut to the scenes of it attacking the plane, obviously all of that is fake. Right. But there are there were no actual seagulls. seagulls. No seagulls were harmed in the making of this film. No seagulls were present in the making <laughs> of this film. That's good. Another another use of cardboard cutouts. Because yep. I know in, uh, in A New Hope, some of the people in the background are cardboard stand-ins. Oh, well, you know, that's in any... Yeah, that's in a lot of movies that right. have huge crowds of people. Yep. But you can actually look when he start when he first looks and you see this flock of seagulls, the ones that are right up close, you can see just like just stand there and are like that iconic like half turned pose and like they don't move. That's great. They're just cutouts. Um Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorite parts with Connery. Um with him. It, I, I love his delivery of some of those lines because he's definitely mm-hmm. in a different role. He's not in that James Bond, I'm the leader role. He's in the he's in the dad role, and you know he's well, wearing the same clothes. Well, not even a dad role. He is a very he's in an oblivious role. Oh yeah, oh he's yeah, very he's very oblivious he's the, of the, uh, everything. It took the entire movie for him to realize that a he was not prepared to be a father, and it took till right. his son was in his forties to realize it, and then also to realize, oh hey, I actually like my I love my child. Right very oblivious person yeah he's the genius they can't remember what he ate for breakfast that morning yes yeah i i know what that's like in the sense of uh working with someone like that because like the oh what is it uh the plane fight 10 11 12 o'clock 11 o'clock fire yeah you know pointing at him he's like what what happens at 11 o'clock and then and then uh uh shooting off the the tip of the plane and then blaming it son they got us (laughs) great yeah yes good Good times. Do you know Sean Connery is only 12 years older than Harrison Ford? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. 12 years. Interesting. Maybe that's why he wasn't ready to be a dad. It's possible. You know? It's very possible. Yeah. Uh, Responsibility. Right. I enjoyed... Um, seeing Harrison Ford with that impersonation part that the he Scottish. does. The Scottish I was just part. about to say it. The it sneeze at the beginning <laughs> is the best part. Oh, yes. But yeah, his accent was so great. Oh, look, I've gone and caught a sniffle. It, it, it always cracks me up every time. It's so over the top mm-hmm. in, in the best way. And I love, I love that, you know, before that, you get that, um, you get that inkling because he looks up at the hat, mm-hmm. the hat that she's wearing. He's like, I think I'm going to wear that hat. And it's it's another testament to costume costume design that, you know, what you what you wear really matters and it really oh, makes yeah. that character because without that hat, if he's wearing his Indiana Jones standard hat that we're accustomed to him, it, he can't pull that off. Mm-mm. It he's wouldn't in, have been believable. No. And, uh, he's immediately called out as a fraud and movie ends. And yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, the German part. The German part, um, okay, uh, the, the, the wrestle. So Indiana's wrestling on the tank. Okay. And the soldier at the periscope tells his teammates in German something. Did you ever catch that? Because I know, I know you're no, I didn't a student catch of it. German. Well, I am a previous student of German. Previous. It's been four years since I took a class. Now, I'm not going to attempt to speak German. 
Um, I won't either. In this. No? No. No. Okay. I no. wanted to see if you caught that that little bit there. I don't think I did. What did they say? Um, He said the translation is the Americans, they fight like girls. And then Indiana hits the periscope and it hits him in the back and more fun oh i did catch that but like i never like translated it no never caught it yeah okay i was curious i didn't what do you think about this movie um portraying adolf hitler i mean it's not it's 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 very brief it it is very brief but i mean it's it is there for comedic effect it's not there for storytelling or anything he doesn't you don't have i thought it was ironic which is what they were going for. Uh, right. That they're at a book burning and he's signing autographs in books. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it tied. I thought, I thought you, I thought Adolf Hitler was like done putting him in the plot. The way they did it was done really well. It was more so just to solidify the time period. Right. And I think that's really what got it was because you don't think about Nazis without Hitler. Right. And so I think just that little brief thing was like, okay, they did that really well. It hits the mark. It it, it sets the tone. It it, it lets the the viewer know that, okay, this is serious. And and the music, of course, is great there at that time with the, I think it's timpani that's playing then. I think so. That's, you know, behind there. and. Mm Mm-hmm. It got me thinking. I'm an avid reader, and so I always hated that scene purely because they're burning books. Yeah. Um. But then it just kind of got me thinking. I haven't done a ton of research into it, but I want to learn more about why Hitler had them do that. Um. Just in general. Well, I think the, I think the thing was that they didn't want anything to. They wanted to like stop people from educating themselves. Educating yourself, or it, I think it really comes down to the difference of opinion. Yeah. And generally, thought. that's why there's that's there. I mean, you know, we could we could easily segue into talking about you know banned books in schools. Mm-hmm. You know, f- I can understand certain age groups not being able to read them. Um, banned books in Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things that aren't there, and it's always interesting uh, to think about why are those actually banned? Uh, why should they be? Um, or shouldn't? Or shouldn't? Yeah, in certain times, because you know. Things go back and forth with, um, with morality I think there's, and things like that. Well, I think there's a level of kind of like the age group thing. Like, okay, you're not going to have a seven-year-old read a college-level book. Right, of course. Concepts they can't understand. Right, yeah. You know, But for a long time, I think To Kill a Mockingbird was not permitted in schools. Really? I believe so. Particularly I mean, because sense. of what it talks about but, and yeah, what it's, it's trying to get you, what it's trying to get the reader to do is trying to think about, mm-hmm. you know, is this right? Is this fair? Is this nice? Is it kind? It's critical thinking. Right. And sometimes uh, people don't like that. People yeah. don't like it, especially if they're on the other side of the uh, proverbial fence. Mm-hmm. They also used authentic World War II Nazi uniforms during really? the book burning scene. Yeah, they found like a whole, someone. I don't think it was someone on the crew, but like someone found like a whole slew stash of World War Two Nazi uniforms like hidden somewhere. Wow! And they sent them to the costume designer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the scene looks good. The scene pulls it off. I mean, it's oh, yeah. dark. It's it really kind of reminds me of a couple of uh, older video games. Um, 
that I've seen where you just have this kind of dark theme. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to look for that the next time that I watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the difference because my only knowledge of Nazi uniforms is from movies. Right. Really. Like, obviously, like, I'm pretty sure I saw them in history books, but you don't pay attention to that right. as much as you do a movie. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be able to point it out. No. No way. I mean. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it looks authentic, which, which you makes know. makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, this movie is it's one of those movies that I can just turn on and watch. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that I can't wait for, um, you know, to watch with my son and to watch and kind of to laugh at, you know, we have, it's filled with comedy. The, the, the bant, the banter between mm-hmm. Ford and Connery is just great. And that's, that's why, like I said, that's why I'm watching the movie. Um, the way he's just consistently tired with his father. Oh yeah. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't get this? Come on. No dad, we're not taking the boats. What about the boat? (laughs) I think one of my favorites was when like Connery says something along the lines of like, this is the first time someone's tried to kill me. And then Indy's like, happens to me all the time, dad, let's go. Yeah. It's, it's that classic, um, story that you can put between youth Mm-hmm. and older people older people not youth i'm not sure what to say younger yeah. versus older people younger yeah the generational yeah. difference and it's just how things are different um and then you have you have you do have some pretty heavy emotional overtones i mean you're mm-hmm. talking about the cup of christ so that's pretty big um that's not nothing and i think connery connery portrays that great when he says you know, he smacks forward and says that's for blasphemy you know, you have to understand this is important. This is not just about, uh, well, well, what's his quote? Um, There's no prize for second place. Right. And I like that. And I've I've liked that sentiment even more of sometimes you just can't mess up. Mm-hmm. And if you do, it's not going to be okay. And we see that as they go through the three trials. Mm-hmm. If you mess up, you're dead. Yeah. And and those trials are, you know, that that's where they're really hitting you emotionally. That whole scene, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because it's the end, but you have the trials. You have the the dad's dying of a gunshot. Yeah, I mean, it's all placed on Indiana, right? You know, from every side, right? And um, and then giving it up at the end. Yeah, let that, it go, Indiana, where he calls his name. Yeah, um, and that's crazy to think about. Um, the fact that it's. The way that they switched positions so quickly when it was him and her Mm -hmm. and he was saying the same thing of like, you know, let it go, let it go. It's okay. And the second he falls as he's trying to catch her and his dad catches him, it instantly he's in the same exact position saying the same exact thing. And it's it's interesting because you have, well, she was German, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, you have two different cultures there and, you know, some cultures are a lot more focused on the group versus the individual in American culture. I think we can say definitely focused on the individual. Very we can, individual. Oh, oh, I can definitely get this. I can do this. I won't, I won't fail. Mm-hmm. I can do this. We don't even think I can fail. We just think I will win. And you can see that in Indiana Jones when he's, when he's reaching for that cup, I, I can just get it. And, and, he, and is, he does, he touches he is closer. it. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to sit down and look at that and, you know, compare those two things and then say, um, you know, it's it's wisdom and age of of his dad to say, don't don't do that. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. Let it go. Um, and that's great. It it really it sinks the movie in. And 
you know, I don't like talking about the fourth movie that much at all, but at least you do get a shot of Marcus and, um, and senior mm-hmm. there that, you know, you know that they're not in the movie. They've, they've, they've moved on. Yeah. And both movies actually, since I've referred to the fourth one, which I'm ashamed of, uh, they both play to the arc. They both have arc of the covenant references mm-hmm. and their musical riff comes back. And I, j- I love stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Anytime you can make a reference, um, within callbacks stuff are great. is great. Yeah. It's just great. There's a reason they get called back. Yeah, Definitely. Well, the fun part is that is that not everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone gets it at the same time. And, you know, that means on um, repeated, um, you know, watching it over and over again, you catch different things. And you catch different things as you age. You catch different things as you learn more. Yeah. Yeah, because you never fully get something the first time you watch it. No. The first time you, you read it. You never... You never get everything the first time you experience something right there's too much Mm -hmm. there's just too much going on in a film at that time or in any film honestly most of the time when i go see a movie i'll go watch it once and like experience it Mm -hmm. and then i'll go back and watch it again to like actually sit and watch it yeah i think all of the three recent star wars that came out i i I would do that i did Mm -hmm. that in fact one of them i went to alone and if you haven't done that if you haven't gone to a movie alone and not know anyone around it, it is great. I've been doing it for the last four years. I go to movies more often I'm by so myself jealous. than I do with people. It's not that I don't love the people that I go to the movies mm-hmm. with, but there's something about just watching that and knowing... You're in your own world. You're, you're not you're worried your about head. anyone else. Yeah. I feel Someone like they who like, understands. I feel like My friends make up. fun of me all the time because oh, I just no. go by myself. It was great. It was just great, especially for Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's the one I, I went and saw because you have so many tie-ins and references and callbacks. It was, it was amazing. Uh, they should make like little booths so you can't see people next to them. And maybe maybe with everything going on, maybe they will do that. Just put plexiglass Plexiglass, dark, tinted a little bit. Yeah, you know. Perfect. Don't have to look at anybody. Uh, sometimes I do enjoy going to the movies with at least like one other person because i always want to talk about it as soon as it's over of course yeah and at sense. that point you can if you go by yourself right unless you're going to like a really big franchise movie because then you can end up talking about talk it with anyone yeah yeah that's great you see someone same shirt you know something with if you see someone wearing something with or repping anything within that franchise you instantly know you can talk right. to them yeah and i will say i mean even though i liked going to force Awakens alone there was something to, uh, about the audience as a whole reacting and i i, I do love that that's that's mm-hmm. great it's one of the great things about movies bringing everyone together right well um i think that's all i have for last crusade it's a great film it's a film that you can definitely watch mm-hmm. again it's i i want to say it's pg-13 it is so fun fact oh yeah um the first two indiana jones when they were originally were um, pg probably they were because they that was the le- level of rating yeah. was they were pg mm-hmm. and at the time they were still set at pg this was the first Indiana Jones movie to be rated PG-13. Interesting. By now, because the rating standards have changed, all three of them are PG-13. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Temple of Doom, he has. Uh, I mm-hmm. think he ripped someone's heart out. Yeah. But that was PG at the oh, time. That's terrible. Uh, so, yeah. So, this is PG-13. Yep. Um, even though it's known as the most mild-mannered out of the three of them. Right. Okay. Except for that. that one scene at the end when the guy drinks from the cup and. Well, I mean, still in terms of like what they're saying, is that yeah. what you're talking about, or just just like in general actions? content oh, okay. in general? Yeah, it's pretty mild mannered compared to the other two. Yep. 
is what people have said, which is why they were surprised this one was rated PG-13 and the others were kind of Yeah, the last scene is a little scary. It's it's a little different than Rage of the Last Ark where it's like kind of sand and like Mm -hmm. poorly animated ghosts where, I mean, it is spooky. I mean, you get the effect, but the other one's like, I, I don't, I don't. It's one of those things where you want to turn away, but you just can't turn away because exactly. you want to see how they do it. And yeah, it's not my favorite thing to watch, but I do watch it every time. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever read the Da Vinci Code books by Dan Brown? It's on the list. It's on the list of books. It's on. Read? It's on the list of things I to read them. and and watch. I know movies. Movies. Tom Hanks are, is great. Of course. I'll put and and uh, they've done three movies. Which one am I thinking of? The one with Silas is The Da Vinci Code. Paul Bettany plays Silas. He's so good. He's so good. He's great in it. Did you watch him in Firewall? No. He's the bad guy. Harrison Ford and Paul Bettany. Again, that's why I watched Paul the Paul Bettany plays the bad guy a lot. Yeah. He was really good. And, and I was... was surprised when I learned that. But anyways, yeah, sorry. The, the books is... Obviously, the books were written after Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me so much of it because that's um, the whole series. Every every book in the series is about a different topic, mm-hmm. but it's all the same. It's like it's a um, college professor who ends up going on this crazy adventure and it all deals with like um, art and history and architecture and all this kind of stuff. And you'll just learn a lot. And it especially like the scene in the library when they're trying to find the X. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you move it back to this one. Yeah, like those, uh, those moments, those moment moments. I cannot talk. Those moments in this movie remind me a lot of that book series. That figure it out kind of who done it type thing, the, or like the look for clues type. The thing. look for clues, but it was also all about history and architecture okay. and art and like that side of it, like thrown Is into it, as an adventure film or just an adventure story. Because it's very much, even the Da Vinci Code, all three of them, or sorry, all five books, it's still like, at the end of the day, someone is chasing the main character, trying to kill them and get to the answer first. And that's what the Indiana Jones book stories yeah, are, no, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very they're similar. Very it's hitting similar. the same beats. Yeah. You can see where Last Crusade plays a role in those types of movies where you have, you have yeah, some. the influence that Last Crusade played. Yeah. And, I, and you know. I think for for you and I, we we both are kind of bookish, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And you know, you got a you've got a doctor of uh, oh archaeology here, and then you've got um, in the in the Benjamin Gates mm-hmm. histori- uh, his history history historian, and then in the Da Vinci Code, he's a religious symbologist professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're all really really cool. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, fun fact, though is this movie has the most uh, chase sequences in any Indiana Jones movie. Okay. With six different types of chase sequences. Am I supposed to name them all now? Do you know what they are? Can um, you take a guess? Well, I didn't write them down. There's the boat chase. Mm-hmm. There's the Brody chase. You count that, where they're looking, they're trying to get him. There's the plane chase. There's the... Is the plane chase two different chases when he goes into a car? Well, there's six types of chases. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so you've got the boat, the plane, the car, and then, oh, uh, uh, the train, mm-hmm. train chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on foot, 
Is that, is mm -hmm. What am I looking for here? Okay, so I got one more. You got five fingers up here. One more. Uh, I've covered air, land, and sea. Uh, the, the race for the, the cup. That would uh, be on foot. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think. Uh, You've done really well. Do you want me to just tell you I, the last one? Or? Kind of, but no. But I don't want to just like vamp. <laughs> draw it out. Draw it out too long. Go, go ahead. Motorcycle. Oh, the cab. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Yep. Yep. That's good. A little javelin sequence. That's yeah. good. There's a lot of there's a lot of chase sequences. There's a lot of different vehicles. And there's a lot of different, yeah. I think Ford did a lot of the stunts also. He did. That's another fun fact that I have is... Uh, Fast fact or fun, fun fact? Fun fact. Okay. I'm going to get t-shirts that say like okay. fun fact on them. It's going to be some of the merchandise. Gotcha. Um, Harrison Ford did like most of his own stunts to the point that the stunt actors had to be like bro let us do our job um that's great yes obviously that's my own take on how they said it of course yeah but you know I mean, no, um wow. i don't remember his name but one of the stunt actors who worked mm -hmm. on it said in an interview that he's like honestly harrison ford could be a, like one of the most successful stunt actors if he wanted to do that instead of acting i can see that because of how quick he would jump in to do everything and do it so well himself. Well, that he's a, a hands-on guy because yeah. I know, I know the story is Lucas hired him because Ford was a carpenter at like at a set or on his house or something. Where when Lucas he was, was trying around. to pay, when he was in college, yep. he picked up a book in carpentry mm -hmm. to just pay the bills. <laughs> That's great. No actual training. He just opened a book and started doing carpentry and selling stuff to make money. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he did he did most of almost all of his own stunts and I think it's like really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of stunts in this too. Mm -hmm. Also, I think this is gonna be my no, this is my second to last fun fact. Okay. If you notice when they're in the blimp, mm -hmm. um, waiting for it to take off, the first scene that shows uh Sean Connery reading yeah. the newspaper, it's upside down. Did not see that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of it's kind of a, and a, then a by far the time, shot though. By the time the Nazi guy confronts him. It's yeah. actually right side up. Oh, nice. But you can see the bold headline at the bottom. Ah. So. That's good. And I know some languages lead, read like right to left, but everything is top to bottom. There's never a right. bottom to top. So right. it's totally upside down. That's good. Um, now, was it intentional? Was it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Just Or it might have been Sean Connery being Sean Connery. Well, the, yeah, that's you possible. Know. I think. I Who think knows how much of a jokester he, he was. He did one of the scenes, like, they did a pant list where they just had, like, gym shorts or so briefs or boxers or something. Cause they him were and hot. Harrison Ford both, when they were in the plane, mm -hmm. they were just in boxers because it was so hot out. It's like working from home. Yeah. Makes sense. Because they're sitting in the plane and you can't see anything but the waist right, up, so both right. of them were just in their briefs. So, you know fun all right what's your other fast fun very fact? last you can't do that it's gotta be it's gotta be just a fun fact okay um is this is the 10th project that john williams and steven spielberg have worked on together am i supposed to name all 10 no good but Jaws? it was just hook. hook did spielberg spielberg did hook no i don't know i was guessing oh i don't, I, know. I don't know if you had them well but i think jaws right well you have three indiana jones Oh, of course. How many Star Wars came out at this point? Spielberg or Spielberg wasn't in Star Wars. Oh, he wasn't. Mm -mm. See, this is so how you much gotta I watch know. those. 
oh yeah, that's right. Lucas did it, but Lucas, Lucas wrote on this. This is where I oh, was. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, it, it, that's they do kind of blend, and that's yes. great. And that's like that's why there's aliens in the fourth one because Lucas had a bigger <sighs> no. hand in it. He has a big hand on the fifth one coming up too, which is why. Oh boy, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm excited just because it's like. Please stop making stuff. Well, it's like I'm like okay, it's Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's in it. Kind of excited to You're see what they do. You're gonna watch it. I'm going to watch it. Of course, it. you have to watch it. But and then I looked at like who's. You're not gonna want to. I know. I was looking at like who's doing it all, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like the fourth one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've. It'll be one of those where it's like, yeah, you have to watch it, but you're gonna like watch it through like yep. half closed fingers. Yep. Thank you, George Lucas. Please go home. My my brother-in-law says, "All right, George is back in the studio. Uh, just some Everyone there has to be out. a guy. There has to be a guy that just takes him around. Uh, oh, uh, I'd like to see what uh, what are you guys working on in here? I'm gonna add a change to Star Wars that I've always wanted to do. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Let's go. We're gonna take you outside. You want some merchandise? Here you go, George. <laughs> Come on down. Stop making changes. Yeah, but the Lucas handler. Yeah, you need a Lucas handler. It's a full time job. Mm-hmm. Uh." I think that's all I have. That's that's all I have as well. I think yeah. I think we covered covered a lot of Indiana it. Jones and Last Crusade. I haven't watched it in a long time, so when I was watching it to prepare for this, I was like, "Yeah, this is I really enjoy this movie." Mm-hmm. Like I always did enjoy it, and it's I it's a knew good it, quest movie. But like I forgot, like no, I actually really liked this. Yeah. So it's my favorite of the three or four. I don't even consider the fourth one that's half fair. the time. Um, that's fair yeah i have to go back and watch the first one to double check but i at the moment just because i haven't watched the first one in a while it's a toss-up between the first and the third one as my favorite okay so well cool thanks for thank you for having talking yeah thanks for the coffee of course anytime that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mochas podcast. Have a great day, guys.